Welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome. Good morning. Yes, it is. It's a it's a great morning, in fact, isn't it? It is, or as Jasper says, good morning, everyone. That's right. Uh, and he is fast asleep over there. Look at that. Lucky little bugger. Yes. It's actually very cool here this morning. It is. It, um, it kind of got really warm. And then the last few mornings in particular have been quite cool. Mm. But I think that happens generally in November, doesn't it? Just before it starts to get really hot. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy to be donning the vest. Yeah, how good are those Kathmandu puffer jacket yeah. vesty things? I literally lived in this thing when we were in Tasmania. Oh, yeah, and Jasper too. We got the cutest, well, I say we, Paul took Jasper shopping and... Um, it was a very good shopping spree. They came back with a bag full of Kathmandu apparel. But um, Jasper's little puffer vest is so cute. Well, I, I did buy it a couple of sizes too big. Yeah, it's awesome. Because I thought, you know, these are expensive uh, items. So let's make sure that we can stretch how he's going to be wearing it when he's 11, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> well, he'll definitely get a few years out of it. Isn't that a good success story hey that Kathmandu brand anyway that's probably a podcast for another day i know i reckon they do uh, half their sales in tasmania it literally is the tasmanian uniform these vests aren't they well, everyone has them yeah that's right i mean even in summer you need your your Kathmandu warmies over in tassie <laughs> i actually had a message via instagram this morning from a lovely tasmanian couple who follow our journey and uh, we keep in touch over Instagram, which is really lovely, and their caravanners as well. And they've just been enjoying uh, a few weeks on the beautiful East Coast, which we missed out on when we were over there in Tassie. And Ken said to me in his message that he'd just been for a swim at Kingston Beach, which oh, was beautiful. a favourite of ours mm. when we were stuck, for want of a better word, down there in Tassie during lockdown at the start of the year. He said it was 29 degrees, so he went for a swim wow. at the beach, and the next day, snowing. <laughs> Don't you love that crazy Tassie weather? It did make me smile a lot. Wow. Wow. Well, look, uh, sunshiny Queensland is certainly putting it on at the moment. The days are absolutely beautiful. A few mornings here where it's, you know, a crisp 16 degrees. Yeah. What are we complaining about? I mean, really? No, very good. So this week has been a leap for Jasper, I would say. We've noticed during his four short years that... Every so often, we have a moment where we'll look at each other and say, <laughs> what did he just say? Or yeah. Where did that come from? It, yeah, exactly. Or where's our little Jasper gone? Mm. And he has had one of those leaps this week. And I think we put it down to the fact that traveling does expand you no matter what age you are. Oh, yeah. But he is really experiencing 
life in a living classroom. Oh, I really like that. Yes. And it's something that uh, was a phrase that I really thought about when I was back working for the National Trust of Australia. And my office was actually based at Crumb and Wildlife Sanctuary. Mm. And that genuinely was a living classroom. You know, we were uh, creating lesson plans and learning environments for kids that were living, breathing, moving environments. Mm. They, they come to life, you know. We were taking kids out of a traditional classroom and bringing them into a living classroom. And I liken what we're doing and, and any family out there travelling with kids uh, to that. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And, you know, kids do have these these leaps in, mm. uh, you know, across their formative years, no matter what. And I think the thing with being on the road and full-time is that the scope or the scale maybe of that leap is so intense because they're exposed to so much out of maybe the normal life of a four-year-old. Um, you know, Jasper's... Jasper's experience and confidence and engagement with adults mm. whom he has just met, you know, is something that has has come to him because of his lifestyle on the road and, and that is just now a normal part of his life where, you know, he can meet somebody and then the next minute they're looking at us like, your four-year-old hasn't stopped telling me about all the good things about Paw Patrol for the last 15 minutes and this is just unbelievable. So I think, yeah, with kids on the road, it certainly is, um, it, it compounds the leap that they would ordinarily have anyway and it's so awesome and it's so beautiful and as a parent, you know, watching your child grow and thrive and flourish and, you know... Expand. Expand. It's like that beautiful bud of a flower that, you know, slowly opens up to reveal its beauty to the world. And as a parent, you absolutely, you know, you want that for your child and it is, it is the end goal, right? You want to see them blossom and flourish into this amazing human. And at the same time, it's like being stabbed in the heart because you're letting oh go of this. <laughs> Sounds like Shakespeare. You're letting go. You're letting go of these versions of your baby mm. that's growing up in front of your eyes. And I think for us, we're struggling a little bit with that at the moment, aren't we? We catch each other every now and then out of the corner of our eye and, and we just know the look on each other's face where we're, we're torn between, you know, that, that watching Jasper blossom and also knowing that with that comes a level of letting him go. Oh, it makes me emotional just talking about it. It's exactly that. It's you are constantly in a challenge of letting go of a version of them. Yeah, it's um it's full on and you know it's really interesting. This is not our podcast. This is not our podcast for this week, but anyway, <laughs> um it's really interesting because as a parent, well, as a mother too, I think you know when you have a baby, you get told by that many people. You know, there'll come a time when your baby reaches a certain age that you yearn for another baby. And I think this is what it is. I think this is the beginning of Hello. that process. Here we go. <laughs> well, I never really, 
you know, I can openly and honestly say, and maybe it's because of our journey with Jasper, but I, I have yet to really feel that, oh, I need to have another one because we have poured so much into Jasper. But I really understand it now in these last few weeks of watching him really become a boy and almost feeling like those last traces of my baby are disappearing in front of our eyes. Mm. I do understand that that feeling. Um, the last thing I want to say is for all the mothers of boys out there, I think it was Amanda Keller mm-hmm. who said, you know, if you're being a, a mother of a boy is like slowly going through the worst breakup of your life every single day of your life. Wow. And I totally can resonate with that. If you're a mother of a boy, let us know what you think about that. But I, you know, it's like wearing wearing your heart on the outside of your body. I totally understand that. So anyway, some adjustment periods, I think, going mm. on for Paul and I at the moment. There is. Uh, and the thought that springs to my mind is this idea that what you think about expands Mm. and so chuck a a child into a living classroom Mm -hmm. their capacity expands oh and that's what we're witness to at the moment so very cool it's brilliant and look we see it with the other kids that we we meet and the other families we see on the road as well there is there is a a hidden secret (laughs) herbs and spices ingredient for these kids who are on the road, it's quite awesome. Mm, love it. Okay. Where's our notes? <laughs> we were last in Emerald last episode, and we'd had some issues with our, our wiring in our van and the solar, and um, and all of these seemed to stem from the changeover from our previous van to the new van in, a, I guess, a version of aftermarket fitting and accessory and installation that, you know, has gone awry. So we are happy to say that we've got touch wood, that wiring sorted. Mm. Uh, We've said goodbye to Emerald and we left you with this (laughs) uncertain what was happening next. Well, we were actually driving under the speed limit, but as quick as possible Mm. down to Rockhampton uh, we made it there around 5.30 on the Friday night. The next morning, we were up and I was off to the airport to fly back to Brisbane uh, and then drive down to the Gold Coast to attend my uncle's 70th birthday. It was a very important birthday for my family uh, and one that I knew I, I wanted to be a part of and be there to, to celebrate uh, my uncle Robert's party and and life, at, you know, at his seventieth. So that was the rush, really, to mm. to get back. And, and fortunately, that did all work. Interestingly, we had made a decision not to travel as a family due to the COVID risk. I guess you could call it the uncertainty around understanding that fully. You know, we're we're like free free birds here in in Queensland compared to other states that are are very caged and other parts of the world that are are really experiencing some incredibly difficult times. So 
we felt for the best interest of our family uh, for the first time in the last 14 months mm-hmm. I would be solo, which was a rule that we were breaking because we had set off with a one goes, we all go agreement. So it was strange for me to be heading back. Uh, it was strange to be surrounded by COVID messaging on every other seat, mm-hmm. on every second step you took on the floor at the airport was very quiet. Uh, the security transfer was different they've upgraded everything you know the the trays that come out this complete contactless security system and the trays come out of a ultraviolet light system so that they've been completely (laughs) void of any germs or nasties or sounds really futuristic to a degree it is you walk through the the normal scanner and your arms are up and you're rotating on a circle while three people are looking at one's looking at you telling you what to do two people are looking in a monitor then you're going over and then that trace coming through and there's gaps for you between you and the next person and i'd assume that when it's busy this would be a difficult operation to to maintain a steady flow that was quick enough to i guess process that amount of people because it wasn't a quick process. Wow. It was smooth, but it took time. So be interesting to see it when it ramps up and it's busy if they keep all of these things in place mm. or whether the guy on the conveyor belt can, you know, switch it up to 11. <laughs> Just speed you through a bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Rotate quickly. That's mm. it. You're through. Uh, anyway, then getting through to the, the waiting room, there's, you know, no toilets, no food. So you had to exit again. I actually did <laughs> exit again. I didn't realise there wasn't a... Uh, toilet facility available. I'm sure there were signs. I just just missed, missed it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I missed it in the blur of COVID messaging everywhere else. I missed mm. the you know no toilets available. I can imagine it would have been quite a nervous experience for you too, Paul. Like even just hearing you talk about that, I think um, you know it makes my tummy not a little bit. Just in the the differences in the environment and almost this the. the sterile environment for want of a better word yeah it's like a movie yeah wow Mm. and so we got through the interesting thing is that my flight to brisbane once i was on the plane there were spaces between all the passengers it was a fairly empty plane uh the care pack that the sign said you were going to receive we didn't receive which was meant to have a mask hand sanitizer Yeah, there was, there was none of that. It was kind of like, g'day, you're on, cheers, have a good flight. The only thing they did do was say, unfortunately, it's going to be very turbulent, so there'll be no food or beverage service, and uh, you won't be able to use the bathroom. Wow. The toilet on board. Wow. Uh, it was one of the smoothest flights <laughs> I think I've ever been on. So I'm not sure 100% am I convinced that this was about turbulence. Anyways, that was wow. the first flight. On the way back, the plane was chockers. Everyone got a care pack as we got on. Two people out of, what is it, 230, 250 passengers put on masks. It was a very different experience on the way in to the way out. Just a, a point to note. Yeah, there you go. That was my, my flight experience. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not going to rush back for another flight anytime soon because it, it, it did make me unnervy. Mm. I do think people have 
fairly short memories. Mm. I think as soon as you see a $39 deal to Hamilton Island, people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm going there. Mm. I think that Australians are, are quite price sensitive and tell him he's dreaming. We've got to look for a bargain, mate. You know, And I think that price point will play a huge part in the recovery mm. of domestic travel as far as air travel goes within Australia. Well, look, I tell you what, those flights that we got for you from Rockhampton to Brisbane were, were not $39, were not $39 flights. No. And um, had we all gone, you know, we would have literally been, been oh, dancing for our dinner for a few weeks to, uh, yeah, to was, cover the cost. I think it was just shy of $450 return for that flight. Mm. Mm. Mm, but well worth it. Oh, that's right. The, the time that you get to spend with your family, particularly now that we're travelling as a family and I have limited time now with my parents mm. and, uh, and my siblings and so... And I don't mean that to sound like, you know, they're on their way out. Is that, that time is so precious because it's, I don't see them every other day like I used to. Yeah. I talk to them every other day, but we see them every few months and sometimes longer. Mm. You know, there's the last stint was six months in between actually us seeing them and them getting to spend time with Jasper. And so it was very, uh, very special time and a really enjoyable time and interestingly my folks Lynn and Peter are also embarking on their own travel Ooh. journey and setting up a caravan and how exciting and gonna be hooking up with us along the road here and there and so that's gonna be really cool it's really exciting for them. It's been a, a process that has been a long time in the making and they've actually had their caravan for quite a while now parked up uh, at their place. But now here it is, all of a sudden they are in crunch time and they're, they're sorting through all of their things and making a plan and putting the caravan together and are really literally about to get the wheels turning on the caravan for the first time it's so exciting for them that's right they've been with the van for six months they've actually semi moved into the van over the last couple of weeks to make sure that things are working and that they're working within that space well which is a really excellent idea. It is such a good idea, especially when you've got still the home base and everything there that you need, but to be able to almost give it a dry run, you know, mm, get comfortable it. in it before you're actually out there. That is what it is. Great. Yeah, great uh, thought. It is a dry run. And meanwhile, inside their home, packing, removing 70 years or so of life it's amazing it's full-on I you know it actually I have a little knot in my stomach because I remember going through the the culling process we actually did three culls didn't we yeah that we, was our process and it was yeah. a successful one because we were so systematic about it mm. and then of course all the ones that we've done on the road Mm -hmm. since we we left but um it's a process again as we started this podcast of letting go yeah isn't that interesting and isn't that really you know a big part of life and 
there's something that happens in the process. Well, we found that anyway in the process of letting go that at first it's completely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's emotional. You are determined. No, that is absolutely something that I cannot give away. I've, you know, sentimental value to that or whatever, whatever it is. And as you go through that process, it's almost like a switch flicks over and Mm. Particularly if you're doing something like what we did where you are downsizing, downscaling for a lifestyle that is more freeing and more flexible and, and you know, uh, not able to have all of these things with you. A switch definitely flicked for us and we went from we've really we should keep that, we should keep this to uh, let's get rid of it mentality where we really only kept a very small amount of sentimental and special items mm. that we will, of course, one day have if we yeah. have four well, walls that don't move. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a question we do get a lot in uh, our travels as we meet people. Will you, will you ever go back to reality? Uh, and we say, well, well, this is our reality. And Yeah, I do love that. Uh, but... To, yeah, to answer that question, yeah, we do. We're, we're looking forward to uh, uh, creating a new space. It'll be very different to our previous version of what we thought we needed mm. or wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best part of uh, the, the transfer from that environment to this is that realisation that you just don't need stuff. Well, it's not the stuff, I think, and this is what we've really realised. It's not the stuff that really makes you happy or that gives you that sense of achievement or fulfilment or that sense of living your best life. It is not the stuff. No. It is the experiences that you have and it is the memories that you make and share with the people that you love. So So once you... Once you have that realisation, then it's really easy to get rid of the stuff. Yes. And uh, and through that system of um, doing cull one, having a couple of weeks, doing cull two, having another few weeks before we did a final cull was really a great way. It worked for us anyway. Mm, mm. Absolutely. So there you go. We, um, we actually had another four notes on this week's <laughs> episode and... Uh, all good. Look, we, we've uh, we've also installed a, a Telstra Wi-Fi booster. It's called a Selfie Go is its other name and uh, had some great help there up at Byfield National Park to get that installed. I will leave that for another episode where we can actually yeah, cool. um, have tested and, and have some definite results to share with you because uh, an expensive piece of kit at almost $900 uh, – Fingers crossed that works and I can give you some positive results. And we will also next week uh, have a bit of a surprise. Ooh. Something that, that, that really came up as an opportunity that we jumped at. So stay tuned for that because it was, uh, yeah, a really exciting week this past week. So mm-hmm. we will leave it at that for this week. We'd love you to connect with us on our social media and our website. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And thanks again 
for being a part of this journey, for hearing us week in and week out. We hope that it's adding value to, to your life and to your dreams and, and hopefully sharing some of this will inspire you to take that leap of faith for yourself. We do release a weekly family episode on YouTube our Family Travel Australia. It's the Feel Good Adventures. And you can check that out every Sunday night at 6.30pm. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would love you to subscribe. And of course, if you do head over to YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss any of those awesome travel destination videos. Thank you so much for listening. Dream big, look after your family and